You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word that you uh, speak to us through it. And uh, Father, thank you for this world uh, that you've given us. We ask now that you would uh, teach us and uh, guide us uh, through this uh, session. And we ask all these things through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So, um, as I was just saying to some over here, the purpose of my Sunday School teachings is actually this, what we're doing right now, this community. Um, And so, I'm glad that you all could chat, and I'm thankful for that. Um, But we're going to look at work now, and this is an interesting topic, and I am like 80% kind of sure of what I think about this topic. Um, So, if you've got questions, if you've got thoughts come back at me. I'm still thinking through this and, and how the gospel shapes work and uh, what the th- a theology of work is. Uh, but starting out with the story of the world, um, thinking about what, what concepts are there in the world of, of work. Um, and so uh, I think um, work makes you more valuable in some people's eyes. Uh, we live in a meritocracy and so your work often determines your value. Uh, For example, the garbage man is not as highly valued as the doctor. Hey, Eric, come in, man. Yeah, because you're late, Eric, you got to... There's three boys over here. (laughs) Eric, come and sit on this winged chair over here in the back. Oh I'm going to direct you. <laughs> Sorry. You don't have to sit right at my feet. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so work, from the world's point of view, work makes you more valuable. Uh, and work must be fulfilling. I don't know if you've felt this uh, yourself. There's a kind of cultural push that the perfect job is out there for you. Uh, you have a calling in this life and it must be fulfilled. Uh, so that's the story of the world, but the story of the Bible is a little bit different. Uh, so uh, last week we did uh, the same schema where we're looking at creation, fall, redemption, and then uh, I've changed it to new creation this week, uh, the future. Uh, so we're going to look at the story of the Bible and what it means for work. So in Genesis 1 and 2, we, we find out that work is good. Uh, God is a worker. On the seventh day, it says, God finished his work that he had done. Uh, so work is not meaningless or useless, uh, as I often think it is, but work is good. Uh, in Genesis 1 and 2, we learn that God worked for six days and then rested. Uh, so work is part of God's design for this world. Uh, and we are created to work. We are created in God's image, commanded to continue His uh, creative work. Uh, we're commanded to, f- to fill, and fill the earth and to subdue it uh, in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, but uh, the problem is the fall, uh, and so sin frust- at the fall, sin frustrates our work. Uh, because of the fall, God has cursed the ground, and our work has become frustrated. Our labor and our work is corrupted, and we no longer have any rest that comes from our work. Uh, Romans 8.20 says, For the creation was subjected to futility. So our, our work is often felt... As futile, we we get tired of it, and it it, it becomes uh, frustrating towards us. 
Uh, and so sin corrupt sin frustrates our work, but sin also corrupts our desires and our heart. Um, as we looked at last week, sin distorts our desires so that instead of finding fulfillment in God, we seek it in other things like our work. Instead of loving God through our work, work becomes self-focused, becomes selfish. It's all about making a name for myself. Uh, so sin uh, frustrates our work and corrupts our desires. Uh, but the good news is that in Jesus, God is redeeming us and all of the creation. He is reversing the curse. Uh, so the good news of Jesus Christ is that we and all of creation are being redeemed and renewed. At the cross of Jesus Christ and through his resurrection from the dead, God defeats sin and evil. And through his victory over sin, he sets about the work of making all things new again. Uh, so getting rid of that curse that frustrates our work, getting rid of that uh, distortion of our desires that uh, means that work becomes selfish. Uh, but in these last days, as we wait for Jesus to return, the renewal and redemption of all things has begun spiritually, so it's begun in us by the Spirit, but we're still looking forward to the physical renewal of all things. Uh, so that means that sin still remains in us and in the world, uh, and continues to frustrate our work now and corrupt our desires. But there will be a future, as we'll see, uh, where we will work and where our work will not be frustrated. So in the new creation, which is heaven, uh, we look forward to Jesus finishing what he has started, uh, the renewal of all things. Uh, but this doesn't mean that we will stop working. Although this time is characterized by rest, we will still continue to work. But the good news is that it won't be frustrated or toilsome anymore. The whole of creation will be perfected, and so our work will be joyful and restful. This is a little part of where I'm confused about what work will look like in the future, obviously, because I don't know the future. Only God can tell me what uh, the future is going to look like. And so I'm not really sure how work is going to work in the new creation, because um, I only experience work as burdensome, as toilsome, as frustrating. And so I don't have this concept of work being restful yet. Um, the Bible Project did a really good um, podcast on Sabbath rest, and they talked about work that leads to rest, like planning the work that you put in to plan a vacation. You do all this planning, and it leads to rest. And I'm not, like, I think that's a good analogy, because um, it you know, at the end you get rest, but I feel like there's going to be, like, work won't be hard. But I'm not sure how that works. Uh, so, summary. Work is good, but is frustrated by, by sin. Um, Jesus has begun the work of redeeming work. Uh, in the new creation, we will work without frustration. So, any questions before I move on about any of that? Yeah. I don't know how much question, how much is like just throwing it out there, but throw it out there. When you're looking at Genesis, Genesis three and it talks about the curse, it's specifically Adam that's cursed with toiling the land. Right. He's cursed differently with the pains of childbirth, and you see that historically is the burden of labor being on the male. Right. In a household. To what extent do you think like different genders still feel this differently? And to what extent do you think that that is maybe God-given or, like, for, I guess not, from the curse specifically or from 
like stereotypical societal expectations that might be evolving? Yeah, that's a great question. I have thought zero about. Um, um, then I go, Rachel. I think technology in like technology is not like computers, but modern technology has medicine. Yeah, right. Electricity has given a lot of the pill equality to yeah, exactly to roles. So I, th- I, I mean, I think thinking about in Genesis, it's like at whatever your role is is going to be cursed. I think it's. Like, whatever you're, you're the is, your reality is going to be cursed, yes. not necessarily a particular version of. Mm-hmm. And that's still such a struggle on how it's like only women can give birth. Like, thinking about full equality in the workplace, like, it's still just like, well, we haven't gotten past the point of that, only, that men can't give birth. Like, we haven't grown past that. But it's still like. Yeah, I mean, so thinking about it logically, like, it's not that you don't feel the toil of work because you're a woman. Yeah, it is, though, that men don't feel, I mean... But if I were to publicly stand up and be, like, floundering, like, my work is just, like, not that meaningful, or I don't know what I really want to do with myself, I feel like that's a lot easier for society to digest than, like... For Jim. Right, like a husband or somebody, a male standing up and saying the same thing. That's interesting. And I, I don't, I, I think it's also like societal expectations that imposed. Um, yeah, I'm trying to work out what. But I obviously don't know what it's actually like in the back of y'all's head. One way we can say is, along with what Rachel said, is this work can be a burden that we take on before we even start to work. Right. As if, let's say we were to go harvest a field or something before we even start to work in the harvest we have to pick up our tools before we can pick up our tools we have to fashion our tools I mean there's no amount of preparation and so before we even begin to labor right we are burdened by the task right and so what Rachel is saying is that your bur- women are burdened by the task of inherent um, uh, childbearing childbearing yeah thank you um, but then at the same time are now being more and more held responsible towards other other burdens of physical labor, maybe right. menial labor. Um, so as you take on, <laughs> as you take on all these burdens, Eric's not just a pretty face. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you take on all these burdens, you you begin to take on also the anxiety of those burdens. Right. You begin to take on the stress of those burdens, and that wears you down more than even the physical labor. Right. I mean, everyone likes to, as you wrote here, labor can be rewarding. What I've accomplished, mm-hmm. what I've done. but before that even starts, before you even see the light of day, and, you know, look at look at my accomplishment. You also feel well, and then sin comes and corrupts that yeah. reward, and you know you get pride, and you get envy, and you get covetousness, and that becomes toilsome and burdensome as well. So, yeah, there's much more to be talked about on that, and um, we can talk about it more another time because I'm. I want to get down into what you're thinking about, um, but I'm going to move on a little bit. Um, so in light of all this, how are we to think about work now? In light of that story, how do you think about work? Well, work is good and valuable. 
Uh, work is a good thing in this life. The Bible consistently encourages us to work hard and not be lazy. Um, these are the passages that I pull out of the Bible and get rid of. Uh, Colossians 3, 23-24 Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So, uh, in philosophy, the question is, what is good, true, and beautiful? How do you live the good life? Uh, and the Bible says that work is part of that good life. When you're working, you're doing a good thing. You're seeking the fulfillment of life. It's not a product of the fall. So, we don't work because God has frustrated this earth, and so now we have to work in order to maintain ourselves. But work is part of the creation and it will be part of the new creation as well. We will continue to work uh, because it's part of who we are made to be. And what that will look like only God knows. Um, I think it might be more of the creative work than the subduing work, but I, I don't want to go to the poll on that. Um, so work is good and valuable. But work, this is kind of something I've been wrestling with. Work is not ultimate. So um, there's lots of different thoughts on work. And at the moment, there's a lot of theologians who are trying, to re trying really hard to uphold work as very valuable. And I really want to do that. But I want to put it in its proper place that it's not the ultimate thing. It's not the story of the Bible is not about work. The story of the Bible is about Jesus Christ and his redemption uh, of the world uh, and your place in that story. Um, and so I want to make sure that you understand that work is good and valuable, but it's not kind of the, the main game. It's not what the Bible is talking about uh, primarily. Um, so I want to keep it in the right perspective. Uh, it's not good to spend all your waking hours on hard work only to find, you, find that you've neglected God and to find yourself in hell. Um, yes, work is good, but it's not the ultimate thing. Uh, the, the main story of the Bible is not actually about your work. It's about the work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's about the work of, uh, that he's doing of bringing people back into his kingdom through the redemption found in his blood. So the work of creation, physical work is good, but the work of the Lord, spiritual work, is more important. And this is a... This is where I kind of want to ah, uh, get frustrated with myself and language at the moment because in the Middle Ages, uh, we had this idea that you could work yourself to God. Uh, and so people took on particular uh, jobs, particular vocations in order to be closer to God. And so I want to do away with that kind of understanding that your job makes you closer to God so that you know I'm not any closer to God than any of you just because I have... A title of reverend, or, and I've been, you know, laid on hands and things. Um, so we need to get rid of that notion. You know, I don't want you to all become monks, thinking that be, in being a monk you're going to be any closer to God, um, because our salvation, as we know, is not based on what we do, but it's on Jesus Christ's work for us. Uh, but I still think that in saying that, and this is where I'm like catching myself. I think spiritual work is more important than physical work uh, to, to the Lord or in the grand scheme of things. Um, we are all called to physical work. I can't avoid doing physical work. 
but we're also called, we're all called to spiritual work. Uh, the New Testament sees the work of ministry not as just for those who are in full-time ministry, not just for me, but for everyone. You see this in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, Paul says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So, um, yeah, does anyone have any thoughts or questions while I try and formulate my thoughts? Any pushback? from anyone Is there, yeah go Rachel do you see where I'm getting at the thought of I think a clarifying point to what you're saying maybe and you can disagree with me is like using the word vocation there like a uh, like ministry vocation is not more important to God than a insurance right. vocation but in Rachel does life, Rachel does insurance for those playing at home. I do ministry. So. In your whole life, spiritual work is which you can make all things spiritual work. Right. You can spend your whole day doing spiritual work. Depends on, you know, you can still be a nurse and spend all day doing spiritual work. I don't know. But I don't have, I'm not teaching this class, but I'm just <laughs> that's like a clarifying point to what you're saying. You're not saying that your work is more important to God than my work. Like right. Spiritual work is different than vocation. Right. But I also want to say that I'm not trying to say you need to go to work and evangelize everyone there. I think that's a good place to do evangelism, uh, and it's important to do that. But uh, I think I might say this later, but I'll say it now. Um, in order to glorify God through our work, you don't have to be doing spiritual work all the time. You, you can glorify God through the work that He has given you to do by creating, by subduing, by filling the earth. Uh, so you're working diligently, working hard, glorifies the Lord. Uh, and I want to kind of add a caveat to that. Working like a Christian really glorifies the God. So, you know, not being a, a douchebag, not being an idiot at work glorifies the Lord. You know, being full of grace, being full of love, being full of peace glorifies the Lord. Um, I think that's helpful that evangelism isn't necessarily standing on street corners or knocking on doors and speaking with strangers. That right. No vocation is exempt because like you should, no matter what capacity, you should be a light. Right. And I believe that it takes you know ministry in different forms or even evangelism looks differently for any one person to right. get to Christ and you don't know what role you may or may not play in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just a thought on that. Evangelism isn't, sorry, salvation isn't your work. So, I mean, you can't save people. You can tell them the good news of Jesus Christ, but salvation is God's work that he's doing through Jesus and the Spirit. And that's kind of freeing. Like, it, you know, you, you present the gospel to each person in the way that they can hear it, in whatever method, you know, through relationship, through... Maybe on the street corner, someone needs to be hit over the head with, like, all right, give me a sign, and then there's this guy preaching at me. Um, you know, it's however people hear it, however the Spirit is moving. Um, I feel like Jesus, go, Eric. Jesus um, really kind of uses this, this kingdom analogy. Um, maybe it's more than an analogy, but, but he, he does say, um, as far as reward is concerned, you know, the people that are closest to 
drawn to, which is those who sit with widows and orphans. Right. And, and, and the work is important. No one's doing it. Which means that someone has to... You know what I mean? If we, if we were just so passive, then we would all accidentally... Mm. But at the same time, in, in that classification, those people would not be able to repay. Not in a material sense. All right. So talking about the God's reward comes through work. There is, there is a, I don't want to say transactional, but there is some type of um, work that, that goes unpaid, and then after the work is complete, there comes. Treasures in heaven? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in that. I mean, I think that the kingdom has come down. Yes. I, I don't like the idea of treasures in heaven as in <laughs> we're, we're heaping sums into the future <laughs> after we die. I right. don't believe that. I believe that we are paid just like we are paid in this world. But some of our payment doesn't go to our bank account. It goes to our expenses. And those expenses are used to further the kingdom. So we are paid, but we are paid some. In different ways. Yes. Right. We, we replace some unitary thing that's not monetized in order to say, you know, continue in this effort, continue in this. And we, if we look for that payment, if we look for that reward, I'm, I'm going to do this because it's good. Right. Then, then, that, then our reward manifests in a material way. It's not the same. So, like, to me, what I, it sound, the way I comprehend it is like, Kind of what you're saying in the sense of like means and the and purpose as like the means of whatever we're doing work wise contributes to our spiritual our own spiritual work and the spiritual work of the like orphans and widows in the sense of it, it in this cycle of ecosystem yeah we're doing this thing that's continually contributing to our relationship with the Lord or right. our relationship with one another and our work and all that is the means of that ultimate purpose. Is that that's kind of how I'm thinking about it a little bit, you know, but Yeah, I think I think that's helpful. Connects together. Yes. For, for an ultimate purpose right. of communion. Right. And I think yeah, I I think I want to say that with the caveat of you can't neglect the spiritual realm like if we were just all working really hard and not reading the bible together praying all that kind of stuff it would we would live in a pretty crappy world um, neglect of god i'm going to move on for a little bit did you have something to say are you just uh no i've just been taking it all in i i, I was i don't know if this is um it's related to work in general but i don't know if it's related to any one point but um yeah, I was sitting with my counselor a couple months ago, and I, I had, at that moment, was just having a really frustrating day and week mm-hmm. and month of work, and just like nothing was going right, and my relationships at work were not great, and I was like, I just really, I was telling him, I just really want to like enjoy my work, and I want to like um, be like feel like I'm constantly like honoring God and like. Um, being sanctified by my work at every single moment, you know, I just want it to be, um, um, you know, basically, I was just like, I just, um, I feel like I want to find a way to enjoy, like, every moment of my work, and he's like, Robert, like, you can't, (laughs) you can't expect to enjoy every moment of your work, he's like, 
and, and he helped me to think of it in a new way. He's like, work is like, um, it's like you're going into battle, and you know the battle cannot last um, past you know whatever you know in our society culture that's five or six p.m. and you you have to. So he said he's like, you got to shut that down at some point and say, okay, I've done, I've fought the battle that I can fight for today. Right. And let me rest. Um, and, and that was that was a really good, uh, helpful framework for me to think about. Like, okay, well, um, some days, thanks be to God, are going to be really just. I mean, I, I know we've all experienced that. Just great days of work. Like, oh man, I got so much done today. Um, I didn't work too long. Didn't work too short. Um, but you know, there are going to be a lot of frustrating days where we don't even see what our work is going towards. Right. But those days are, um, you know, the the they're all part of the battle. And then if we're being wise and we're being um, prayerful as humans, then we we know it's like we have to um, we have to shut down work or. You know, I've seen it in. It'll kill um, you. I work on the tech side of a law firm, and it's like I've seen these got these men and women who work and who've worked in big law and who you know start work before me, and then they're there to like you know 9 p.m. and it's like I see what's I see what their souls are like. <laughs> Not to be too profound, but really, you see it. Like yeah. you see what they're like as people. You see how they treat people, and. Um, I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to be that. Right. <laughs> you know, I will pray for these people, and I don't wish them to, you know, but I don't want to become that. And that's the danger uh, to us of if we idolize work, if we obsess over work, if we, you know, make the battle our whole life, then that's kind of what what happens to us. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That ties into what I was just about to say, Robert. Thank you. Um, so because of the good news of Jesus Christ, we are freed from seeking fulfillment in our work. Uh, so because we have the Spirit within us, because Jesus is renewing us and redeeming us, because our salvation is in Him, our freedom is in Him, our fulfillment is in Him, we are freed from seeking fulfillment in our work. Uh, we can have a right and sober... Hey! We can have a right and sober mind about the importance of work. It is good but it will not satisfy your soul. It will not fulfill you. Only Jesus can do that. Uh, so because of that, you can st stop freaking out about finding the perfect job. Um, yes, Eric? We also need to go a little further and, and, and talk about that all work is necessary. Right. Um, whether we're Christian or not Christian, all work is necessary. And we have to step back and realize that we can't judge other people's work based off of what we think. You know what I mean? There are people right. who Yeah, I can't do mathematics. And so, yeah. and, and but there, but the, there are remedial jobs. There are people that work hard for periods of time. Right. And we can't sit there and say, "I'll pray for you in pity," because their work is necessary. And yeah. Without, without them, the work would not be accomplished. Yeah. We we can't sit here and say that. Oh, I understand your work because we really can't. Because like like talking to Rico, I can't understand what childbirth is like. I can try to. But I can sit there and be patient, and I can sit there right. and be understanding, Christ -like. even if I can't understand. Right, yeah. And so that bridge can be built in, in lack of judgment, which is, which is great.
Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Um, so thinking about this idea, I don't know if you have, have felt this. Um, I'm kind of bouncing away from you, Eric, sorry. Um, but the idea of finding a perfect job, you probably, you may be in the midst of it right now. Uh, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of it? How am I going to be uh, productive? How am I going to be a member of society? Um, there are jobs that are better suited to your skills and interests, but God doesn't have like this super specific plan for your life that you have to work out what it is. Uh, his plan for your life is that you'd be more and more like Jesus, that you'd be united to His Son and in communion with Him. Uh, and so you can kind of take a sigh of relief and be like, okay, I don't have to find the perfect job. What job do I like doing? Because we are justified by faith, our works are no longer about pleasing God. They're now directed towards our loving our neighbor. Uh, so we work out of love for God and our neighbor. Uh, we can now work to glorify God rather than our own glory. Uh, so thinking about how do we glorify God in our work. Uh, I kind of touched on this before. By working diligently uh, in love for God and for others. Uh, but something a little bit different. Uh, we glorify God by working diligently uh, in painting a picture of, of what the world should be like and what the new creation will be like. Uh, so through our, our work, uh, we kind of get a glimpse of how God made the world to be. Uh, that is creative, that is subdued and filled. Um, and so we, we see that when we long for the justice that we will get in the new creation, when God puts everything right, we can start working towards that justice now. The peace that we so desire in the new creation, we can start working for that peace, bringing the kingdom to earth, as it were, uh, now. Now, it's gonna, not going to be perfect. It's still going to be frustrated, but we can paint a picture of what the new creation will be like, and we can glorify God through that work. Uh, so one guy says, Our work echoes into eternity as it foreshadows eternity. Uh, and that brings me to the end of my notes. Um, so work is good. Work hard. It's valuable. But it's not the ultimate thing. Uh, keep, the, keep Jesus Christ at the center. And then your work will be much better. The end. Any more questions or thoughts? Anything I haven't touched on that you want me to talk about? Yes. But thinking about saying like the letter doesn't work, but even just like going into the office could be the same, like giving up the really one could be easier for me or harder for me, whatever. But just thinking about the sacrifice that that is, the time and sacrifice of going to the time and sacrifice of sitting with what doesn't work. Um, but then something Jenelette said the other week is all like our sacrifice to God is praise and thinking about that all of the time that we spend going to the office sitting with her, thinking about how to praise God because that is the sacrifice that God wants. God wants our hearts in that, not necessarily just our time spent doing whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's, an, that's a good way of thinking about it. Um, Rachel, 
still brings up a good point. I have a friend gave an analogy to me to garden. And um, you know, you gardening is putting your hands in the soil and putting something into the soil to live and hopefully thrive. And he was saying that, that a lot of people think that gardening is planting something in water, but a lot of times touching the soil passively. You know, if you're frustrated that energy just use millennial talk. You know, you're you're passively and actively putting all of these weird ass vibes into the you know into the ground and that's going to come out you naturally put energy into that right whereas if you put that into your same hands into the thing it's just love and put all this positive energy into that that same you know that, that same metaphysical you know anomaly is going to come out of that and so just like walking into work if you walk into work frustrated and, and naturally we do I'm, I'm probably one of the most frustrated people I, I know. I mean, I'm angry all the time. But, but to be able to go forward and to say, you know what, you know, I can laugh at a joke. I can find something amusing that stops me from being that, even momentarily. How do I, how do I grow that plant? Because I, I know I can grow the, the plant of dissent. I know that I can grow the weeds of, you know, being mad. Yeah, amazing. yeah. But the idea of walking in and, and smiling at someone and, and being friendly, that does take, it takes more work than just showing up. When it goes back to what we were talking about last week, you know, identity, knowing that you are justified by faith and you're loved by God and, uh, you know, your identity isn't wrapped up in your work anymore. Um, it's in Jesus Christ. Uh, and finding your fulfillment, finding your identity in Him uh, is super helpful in doing that. Um, but you just need to remind yourself of that every day, every hour, every day. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for work. We thank you for uh, the way you've created us to work. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, speed up the work of Christ in redeeming all things and making all things new. Uh, but we also, also ask that you would be patient in bringing about the new creation that uh, many people would hear the good news of Jesus Christ and turn and be saved. Uh, Father, we ask all these things through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.